Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Because it's time. It's, it's time for reparations. So I'm sick of being a side Indian character. LGBTIQ rights are black rights. It's like, it's a form of cultural imperialism. The only thing I have in common with this character is that she's black. This does not look like me. I'm Gary Foley. I'm Francesca Ramsey. This is Amir Rahman. And you're listening to The Race Card. Welcome to The Race Card. I'm your host, Ahmed Youssef. And joining me in studio today is our very own guest host, Magan Magan. Hey, mate. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. And uh, before we begin, we'll be doing the acknowledgement of country... All right. We acknowledge the Kulin people as the owners of the land on which we meet, and we pay our respects to the elders, both past, present, and future. This land was never ceded, and the process of colonization, occupation, and incarceration and genocide that began over two centuries ago continue to this day. And right about now, you know, we usually go into our, we're a current affairs show with a little bit of twist, blah, blah, blah. You know, I've been thinking, that's a bit boring. We're going to do something a little bit different. This first part is what will be debuting a new segment. Yes, a new segment. A little rapid fire round, and it's called Up and Close. Oh no, I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna rename it Magan. It was uh, in fairness, Magan uh, had this name. I'm gonna call it Up Close, not Up and Close. Okay. Sorry, man. Just like I, I'm just editing your stuff, man. That's fine. That's, You're that's the all. king. That's cool. That's, I'm, I'm, that's, oh, okay. That's totally cool. All right. Um, going first, all right. You've got, you you go, and have two questions for me right now. And while he's saying those two questions, I'm going to be under a little bit of pressure as we debut this new segment. We'll also be having this little sound effect as I say um, answer those questions. Here it is. So you heard that. So while I speak. And answer the question that will be ringing through my ears, and I have thirty seconds to answer one question. Listeners, do you think I can do it? Actually, wait, wait, hold on. Yeah, it's going to be thirty seconds. One question. All right, let's go. Ready? And go. All right. So the first question I have for you, Ahmed, is: What is something that you did in the past or are still doing that you haven't told anyone? Not because you were keeping it secret, but because it just hasn't come up in conversation. All right. Um. So. All right. Um. All right. Uh, what? Uh, what have I been doing? Okay. All right. Uh. What hasn't come in conversation? I don't know. Oh my god. All right. Um. Uh. Uh. All right. Um. I used to collect Pokemon's. Okay. I used to collect Pokemon cards. All right. I haven't. Oh no. All right. <sighs> Okay, all right. I, 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 I never told anyone that before. All right. I used to collect Pokemon cards when I was younger. Um, I used to have, like, tons of them. All right, that was a bit traumatic. All right, I had to reveal that with all that, you know, the sound effect and, and how that made me feel. Like, I've got a bit of tears in my eyes. 
I know you can't. You, you, oh, no, stop the music. Can you please stop the music, Morgan? Why are you doing this to me? <sighs> All right. That was a bit traumatic. All right. Um, okay. W- what's the next question? The second question. Oh, wait. No, it's my turn. I want to uh, ask a question. Okay, go. All right. Morgan. All right. Um, what is um, one thing that... <laughs> you look at me like, all right. What is I'm one focused. thing? Yeah. All right. So what is one thing that you always wanted to do, never have had been able to do it and you've kept this you don't want to tell anyone this you can never tell anyone this but it's a secret ambition ambition that you want to do alright time starts now man I don't know um, hey mate uh, time's ticking uh, you got 25 seconds what I want that I was ashamed of what do you want huh what, what is it what is it huh well, what is back it huh? In the, back in the day when I was a kid I wanted to be part of um, Hanson Hanson yeah the group the boy band that was in the 90s you know, three blonde blonde kids I wanted to be a part of them Basically, back in the 90s, but was kind of a shame to admit it. A little. Uh, but I'm a massive fan. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, still get, I still get triggers from that. All right. Uh, so you wanted to be a Hanson boy. Yes, I wanted to be the fourth fourth guy. Because they were all, like, around my age as well. Like, so the oldest was, like, I don't know, four years older than me. Then the youngest was, like, a couple of years older than me. So, like, we were all in the same age group. Um, and I think their music is dope from day one up until right now. So, yeah. I, I like I've, I've heard some of this music. You've you shown me some of this stuff. I think they're they're reasonably cool. They are. They are. They're, they're pretty cool. <laughs> I know? think they are, oh, man. I think yeah. they're obje- objectively cool. Although, like many people, I know don't like them as such. But I like them. <laughs> hey, who cares what people think? All right. I know, right? All right. Now uh, we're going to be moving on. Today we will be looking at the tragic news of three young black Muslim boys who were killed in uh, the U.S. Unfortunately. Uh, and we'll also be talking about Liz Cabbage, who who says she'll be educating her teammates who did who, her teammate who did blackface. And we ask, why does she have to actually do that? Like, why? I don't know. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. And we have a feature discussion on comedy and why is it sometimes so very very racist? What's going on, people? This is a Carla, and right now you're listening to the Race Card. Big up. Now we're going into our Week That Was segment where we highlight some of the most notable or infamous stories of the past week. First up, we look at the tragic story of three young black Muslim boys who were killed execution style over a week ago now. But what troubles me is that these boys, their death didn't even register to the media. The Muslim community and broadly people in general, even social media didn't blow up up until uh, at least a week. It's as if their lives weren't valued. I remember going back a year ago now when the Chapel Hill shooting happened and there was such a social media outcry, the pressure was mobilizing, Muslims mobilizing um, on social media, talking about the lack of coverage in the media. And it went so far that you had people like Steph Curry wearing t-shirts in support of the victims of the Chapel Hill shooting. But these three young black Muslim boys, Mohammed Taha Umar, um, Adam Mickey and Muhannad uh, Tayrib, Tayrib, I think it's Tayrib, um, are yet to have their case even investigated. And when you had when you get responses from authority like Rusty York, this, um, the city in which they were shot, in the public safety director saying things like, "Hopefully, you know, we'll be able to focus in on exactly what the reason was." But as I said before, no reason to believe. This was any type of hate crime or focus because of their religion or the nationality whatsoever. And to just say that, you don't know. You, j- you just don't know 
why would you why would you like ultimately at that point you know say hey this is not happening they are not di- they did not die because of a hate crime they their death was just a coincidence of them being black muslim and and even uh, also a coincidence that america at the moment is having this extreme islamophobia um right now with hate crimes happening all over the place it just you know it just happened you know i think um it just means that if he was to admit or to say that there it is um they were executed because they were black and muslim that means that he has to acknowledge that there's a race issue and then everything that plays out afterwards um so you know it's i don't know it cut that out <laughs> get the mic close to you okay is, is that better yeah that's better yeah, cool. So now we know that um, these boys were members of the East African diaspora. So all really young, under the ages of 25, Mohammed um, Taha Omar, who was 23, Adam Meki, who's 20, Muhannad Tayrab, who's as young as 17. Um, these are youth, these are young men, young boys who have lost their lives for what um you know we know that they really enjoyed playing soccer yeah we know that they really enjoyed playing soccer we know that they were loved by their families and 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 the community um and their lives were just were taken away just like that and it's just like like even you know Mohammed he's 17 years old he is probably just finished high school or just about to start his final year of high school. Um, Adam is 20 years old. Like, he's probably just starting university or trying to find out what the hell he's going to do with his life. And so so is Muhammad Taha. Like, what? Like, I am 22 years old. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I am, I'm from East Africa. I am Muslim. I, I can, like, you know, it, it's scary when you think about these things and how they could be killed so tragically, so brutally, so inhumanely. And for that not to register, for that not to be something that media look at, something that social media doesn't drive up automatically, doesn't take a week before you realise someone has lost their life. You know what I mean? And and I feel like we get desensitised by people dying, particularly when we see so many black people, Muslim people... And people of color dying so readily that they just fall into like, you know, it's just another, it's just another name. These people have families, and I was listening to a podcast earlier today where they were talking about um, a death of I think um, I forget his first name. I think his last name's uh, McDonald. Um, about uh, this is a really bad example. I, I'm forgetting the name, but like yeah. there was this kid, um, and at the time. Uh, of Trayvon Martin dying, he was like to his, his father, I look like Trayvon Martin. He put on a, a hoodie and he's like, Dad, I look like Trayvon Martin. And he died. He was killed because he was putting music too loud and um, some guy shot him. And when you think about that, right, and we, we're desensitized by people dying and they just become another statistic. And, and these boys are not statistics. These boys are living, were living, breathing humans. Yeah. And they had stories. 
they liked to play soccer. Um, they liked hanging out. They were going to a party before they were killed. They were socializing with their friends. And now they they can't do that anymore. Yeah. It's it's, it's a tragedy. Um, and the, the silence is also a tragedy. And the silence in the Muslim community, is, is, it's, it hurts me so much because we have this discussion of one ummah, one community. Yeah. And when you can rally, when when three people um, die, uh, with the three people in Chabahul died, uh, when they died, you were like, we've got to talk about it. We've got to talk about Islamophobia. But when these three boys die, when they killed in the exact same fashion, just silence. And it, it feels hollow in the sense that you can't. People, a lot of people talk about like the, the like like growing up in Muslim community. You you're bred into this idea of community, of brotherhood, of sisterhood, of of connectedness. And when you hear stories like this, it kind of dies a little bit in you. Like you know what I mean? But it just like yeah. Like, Kind of lost words. Yeah, I mean, how surprised are you really at the silence? I'm not. I'm not surprised, but when it happens, you know what I mean. Like, you can expect silence, but when yeah. it happens to this scale and and to this level, it's just you're lost for words, right? Yeah. yeah. And you don't know where to go with it. You don't know how to act, what to say. People talking about. Uh, you know, like, and, I, and this is like a popular thing right now when people say, you know, hashtag, I, uh, I accept my Arab privilege. Or like, like, I don't care what you say, you know what I mean? Like, let's forget about empty words, you know what I mean? You know, show actions. Everyone, let, I, I hate, I hate this, um, this kind of like emptiness of, of like, uh, like, in any sense, like, and just saying words and saying things like, you know, I understand, you know. Um, I'm I'm one of the good guys. I'm one of the good people, and I'm like fuck off, mate. Like just 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 like let's let's leave this emptiness and and be real for a second. I know exactly. I know exactly what you mean. Um, the amount of times that I, especially this is in particular in the left or people who are political who are who are engaging with the politics of race or politics of anyone who exists and what they and what their bodies and identities represent. But I often come across this like so I'll, I'll meet someone I'll have a conversation and then one of the first things they'll say is this like I acknowledge that I'm blah 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 so I acknowledge that I'm white or I acknowledge I'm you know um, male or rich or whatever um, and it, it's it's always very strange to me because I feel like why are you telling me this what is the point of you professing or what do you want yeah like do you want a congratulations do you or do you does is that for you a way to prove to me that you're not anti-black or you're not these things but for me it's about living like i want to see that you i want to see that that people live these things you live an anti-black life and uh, anti-racist life or the living is more important than, Definitely, like, than actually... What's the point of... T- it's just like this thing, right? I see this so much. I'm like, all right, so I acknowledge that I've got this and this, yeah. but here's my opinion. Yeah. And it's a way to say, you know, I know all these things, but like, I'm going to give you my opinion anyway, even though I probably shouldn't be speaking on this, even though, 
I probably don't know what you're talking about, but I'll just tell you anyway. Tony Abbott was really never a deeply popular figure among the electorate. Tony Abbott faced some hostility of his own. Good morning, sir. How are you? Oh, really? <laughs> And uh, really the reason why his prime ministership has crumbled is because he lost the support of the electorate and ultimately the governing Liberal uh, Party. This is not an easy so, day uh, for many people in this building. Leadership changes are never easy for our country. The, the prime minister's not going to lose, he's going to win. The, the prime minister's not going to lose, he's going to win. Uh, my pledge today is to make this change as easy as I can. So we have um, something else that's not new to Australia. Um, Liz Cambridge is an Australian female professional basketball player. She blasted her team mate Alice Kunek, who dressed up in blackface as rapper Kanye West at a party. Now, the 24-year-old um, Cambridge, whose father is Nigerian, conceded that she shouldn't have blasted Alice on Twitter, but wants to make people understand why she was offended. She also said, um, I've reached out to Anthony Moore um, and Channel 9, she also said she's um, given up her services to see if anyone, members of the board, players, want to sit down and talk with her about race issues in sport. Basketball Australia has promised to talk to players about racial and religious vilification at camps and competitions in the lead-up to this year's Rio Olympics. She also said, looking back, I probably shouldn't have blasted Alice on social media, but at the end of the day, if you want to put things out into the public on social media, you should be called out for something publicly. And like, you know, the, the thing about this, right? I'm like thinking, why does she have to be the one that educates her? Why doesn't, um, I know it was mentioned there about basketball shayat implementing this thing about talking about race and religion. But I'm thinking, why isn't these things already in place? And, and why does she have to feel like she needs to be the one to make the change? There should be like a systemic change. There should be a culture change in basketball in Australia. Um, there should be diversity programs. There should be people told like, all right, so this is offensive and this is this and this and that, even though like blackface should already be known to be offensive. But even that, like forget about that. But just like, thing is like, why isn't this like a, like a diversity program understanding kind of like race, um, uh, understanding things that are sexist, understanding things that are homophobic, transphobic, etc. All the all the horrible things that affect people. You know what I mean? Like, that should be a program that every company puts out. That should be something that is on the top of the list because, you know, like Alice Koenig probably did some really bad PR for the team that she plays on, for personally herself as, a, as, a, as, a, um, as an athlete, Endorsement deals, you know, maybe they, may, they, may, they might dry up. If she goes to the States, right? If she goes to the States, yeah, to play basketball or gets um, an American kind of endorsement deal, whatever it is, you know, they're going to look at that and they're going to think, is it worth getting the social media hassle that will come and all the stigma that will come by signing her up? You know what I mean? Or, or anything. 
you know what I mean? So it's in everyone's best interest to just like have a program like that appear and be be there. And um, you know, like, and Liz Cambridge shouldn't be the one doing this one on one. Hey, you know, like, I'm I'm one of the few black and uh, black person like black and brown people on um, in this basketball scene in, in the women's basketball scene right now. So like, I'm gonna teach every one of you white people about racism. You know, like, it's ludicrous. I mean. What if, for example, she didn't know the history of blackface or um, uh, for her it was just she f- she saw that um, someone from who someone who belongs to a group who um, who have power is essentially making a mockery of another group who don't have power. What if that was the the that was the what if that was the basis of what exactly what her her offense was and she didn't have the ability i mean i guess for her it's like she has the ability to actually teach about you know racism and all these things but what if i feel like there's this other burden on people of color to know so much about the history of racism and all these all these things in in order to like teach um white people just to be better people. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like this, this whole entire burden placed on upon her, and like she's got her life. She's she's a basketballer as well. Yeah, she's trying to she's trying to work. She's trying to like live. She's trying to do all these things, and now she has to be the teacher. That's the thing, um, and that's again one other privilege, or a thing that the dominant group don't have to um, live with, like. I don't know. Like I know, for me, numerous times in classes where I've been the only um, person of color, the only the only black person in class, and um, when the classes start talking about racism or anything to do with like people who look like me or people of color who don't look like, look like me, but expect me to know the answers to things or to teach them about things, and I'm just like, dude, I'm a student here as well. Like you're the teacher. How do you not know these things? Like, and again it it it's you're put in this position of just like um teach us be our therapist be our everything um because you know the because ultimately right the solution is with us right yeah. we have the solutions to this to this issue we we have a secret yeah <laughs> uh, like wish we did have a secret but like uh, like i remember the time when i was in my uh, my film class that i was doing at uni and a classmate thought while doing a, so they did a video of an exchange, and obviously they did, you know, drug. They did a drug exchange because the thing was an exchange of some kind. Yeah. So drug exchange, all white um, people cast making this and and on film and everything like that. So they thought it'd be cool to do the exchange, and then the text replies like, um, the the person that is, um, so the person who got the stuff gets a text from the the supplier saying like, did you get the stuff? And the reply is like. Sweet my yeah. N word. Yeah. And the thing is like the thing that it does not only does that person use the N word, um, they associate drug dealers with black people. And and ultimate like and in that video, I'm sitting there, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for my tutor to say something. He's going over the whole video. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Again, seeing about like the, 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 the shots that are taken, seeing how the things that are done in just like a technical level and talking about it. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting. He says nothing. So I feel like I have to say something. You know what I mean? And I, I said like, boom. So and then, are we should should we be should that be there? The, should you be using the N word? So so what do you do in that case? Then? Like, I you, did I did I had you, to, I, okay. I spoke up. Okay. And I if, I felt freaking horrible about speaking up because I was the only like black person in that class yeah. and it was so hard. Yeah. Uh, and and then like the then the um, the. The the tutor's like, oh yeah, don't like um yeah, I, I yeah. Then he kind of like settles it down, and I'm like, that was fucked up. Like later on, the next class, I get a, I, I talk to the, the to the head of the 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 subject and the tutor, and I'm like, he's like saying sorry, and he's just he's new at this, and I'm like, so I don't care if you're new, I don't care if you're old, if you see that, you automatically call it out. There's no really like there's no experience in this. Like I'm a when I was when I when that happened I was 20 years old. Yeah. I'm in my second year of uni or was it first year I forget. <laughs> I think it was second year. And like if I can do it, why can't you? It's it's disappointing, isn't it? Like yeah. How? Uh, but I guess it's again it's the privilege of like. Um, not having to experience this, these things so you don't you have the option of either thinking about it or not thinking about it right yeah so this teacher's obviously gone there I'm going to assume this teacher's taken the route of not really thinking about yeah, it and thought just about it, obviously. you know it's not really a big thing to him um, but yeah it's really I just think how 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 do you live on this earth for a certain amount of years and then you take a position that requires you to engage with people right and so people is not just white people is lots of different people people of color women lgbt anyone right and how how are you, how do you not have at least a baseline understanding that that there's there are people in this world who do not live the life that i live who do not experience the things that i experience and and there are things in this world that i will never have to experience that i will, that, I, that i won't and I and to just be a little aware of that, and not not like I'm not saying he needs to like um, have a PhD in like racism or anything like that or race history. Yeah, it just but needs like, a base knowledge. You know, just like a base knowledge. You'd think that um, you think that anyone saying the N word in, in 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 class would be like alarm, you know, alarm bells. Alarm bells like yeah. it's just it's 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 absolutely ludicrous. But you know, I, I've I've been in similar situations and I've handled it differently depending on the context um like i i, I never want to be a representative of, of black people because we know that <laughs> we're all different we all have different opinions we see life differently we experience life differently we experience racism differently so the way i experience it is, is different to yours right mm. um and so i never want to speak on behalf of black people but then in those certain contexts you're just like well what am i going to do now like i either speak um, and try and get my point across, 
And hopefully the teacher or someone can learn from that and can see that like, like these things have actual real life experiences attached to these, you know, words that for him or mean really nothing or just a word that was it's a part of the language or to just be like no I'm gonna I'm not gonna um say anything because I I'm I'm just sick and tired of 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 being that person who is speaking or you know because then we all know a lot of things happen uh, the consequences of that we all know you become the angry person you become the aggressive person you be you know not that, that you are, but that's how it's perceived. Put more beautiful people of colour on TV and connect viewers in ways which transcend race and unite us. That's the real Team Australia. You know, you look at the American TV, British TV, it, you know, has, uh, you know, it's got shows with d different nationalities. And, 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 and not just putting nationalities just for the point of difference, but creating work that caters for um, actors of different backgrounds. In my mind, I see a line. And over that line, I see green fields and lovely flowers and beautiful white women with their arms stretched out to me over that line. But I can't seem to get there no how. I can't seem to get over that line. That was Harriet Tubman in the 1800s. And let me tell you something. The only thing that separates women of color from anyone else is opportunity. You cannot win an Emmy for roles that are simply not there. And now we're going to a featured segment and you know, we all know the comedic landscape is incredibly wide, and that leads to a lot of bad jokes. And when I mean bad, I mean racist. And I see you looking at me like that, Muggan. Mm. You, you know what I'm talking about. I You've do. seen those jokes. Uh -huh. Those, those. Oh, you know, I've uh, just like I want to say the N word, and I want to joke about black people. I want to talk about people of color in a funny way I'm, I'm i'm edgy i'm i'm white and they don't often go very well especially when you think about like the people that consume consume comedy at large like this kind of that kind of comedy being white people and how it really isn't kind of like do you know when you when you when you have comedy that makes fun of yourself yeah and it's kind of like self-deprecating i think that's yeah, the term, yeah yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, oh, look at me, I'm stupid. Oh, look, I, I, I don't know, I forget things. It's in a, in a kind of way to do the, it's intended to do the opposite. It's to make fun of, you know, like black and brown people and kind of make them feel, feel less than. And I've seen that so often and, and, and just, and like there's, there's this one clip that I'm going to play right now. And it's, and for anyone who's doubting me about mainstream comics being incredibly, you know, like offensive uh, this is uh, Louis C.K., really, really renowned comic, one of the more famous ones of our time. Um, and he used the N-word a lot of times in this skit. I don't know why. Um, maybe he can tell us why one day. Uh, but, but here is his rendition of the N-word. 
I thought the word nigger the other day. I'm going to tell you this story. And it wasn't racist. It wasn't a race even connotation. Let me tell you what happened. I went to a coffee place. And it was a, 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 like a cool indie coffee. I don't like Starbucks anymore. Because you go there and they, they don't care anymore. They just press a button and some old lady's diarrhea comes out. And they just give it to you. <laughs> so I go to like a young people cool coffee place. With like my band's playing notices on the walls. And it's called like the howling do whatever thing. And... The dude behind the counter's got a tight t-shirt and a ponytail, and he's like, hey, what's up, man? And I was like, hey, can I get a cappuccino? And he's like, yeah, right on, totally. Like, he's amazed that he could help me. Like, oh, yeah, I got all this stuff right here. That's awesome. And so he starts making my coffee just so, he works so hard. He ground the beans just for the, that one cup and put them in the thing and tamped them with this old thing and you click, clack it and click and, and then he took the milk and he frothed it like for all, like an hour and then he banged it on the counter. I don't know why, but it was awesome and he scooped it in and put a little cocoa on it and he's like, here you go, man. And I was just blown away and for some reason as I left there, the thought in my head was, that nigger made the shit out of my coffee. <laughs> I don't know why. He wasn't black. That's just what was in my heart for some reason was that nigger made the shit out of my coffee. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Like, uh, so, they, you know, it's just, it's just like, why? Why? Like, why is that a joke that he has? Like, I, I'm, I'm stumbling right now. Like, I don't know what was the purpose of that joke. Man. Like, first of all, that was a long minute and a half yeah. <laughs> to listen to his mess. Hey, hey, um, listeners, I deeply apologize for that. It was a um, very bad joke. Um, that got, You notice he got a lot of laughs. For sure. I mean, I just think if you are going to rely on making fun of um, minority groups um, to get across your jokes, like, how funny are you really? Like, it doesn't take much skill to use what is already thought of of people. Like, it just, uh, what skill... Well, wait, hold on, hold on, my God. You know, like, um, he does it. He also, you know, he, this is not the only clip, right? So, he's, also, sure. he's also a bit homophobic, I'm, you know? I'm sure. You know, when, uh, I, when, I, when I come across someone who's, like, racist, I, I, I assume they're either also sexist and homophobic and all these things because they all interlink. Like, I can't... Like, yeah, they it do. It makes sense. Like, I'm not surprised at all. Here, here's his Louis C.K.'s is this, homophobia rubbish. Is this another like long minute and a half of like this uh, guy's a mess? <laughs> this is this is a bit of like this is a bit shorter, but like still okay. horrible. Uh, all right. Hey, faggot, how you doing? <laughs> Sorry, I called him a faggot. Um, I miss that word. You know, I I grew up saying that word, and it. I mean, it, it never meant gay when I was a kid. I didn't, I didn't know what gay was. No, I hadn't been told that people do that. I had no fucking idea. <laughs> faggot didn't mean gay. When I was a kid, you call somebody faggot because they're being a faggot, you know? <laughs> Someone's just being a faggot. Nee. Shut up, faggot. <laughs> Man, I'm supposed to use those for that. Shut up, faggot. <laughs> didn't mean... Like, I would never call a gay guy a faggot unless he's being a faggot. But... <laughs> Not because he's gay, you understand? Yeah, no, it's, it's not because they're gay, but it's just because, you know, they're being that, you know? And it's just like, 
But like, but also like, this guy is incredibly famous. He wins tons of awards, and he makes profit by being incredibly homophobic, incredibly racist, and like, it's just. I honestly don't get why no one says anything, and it's not, and he's not the only one. There are tons of others. I, I don't, right now, I don't even know what to say. It's such a, it's like it's so boring. It's so like it just. What skill do you do you like? Yeah, I, I like what what skill does it. Like, it's really, the thing is, like, this comedy is basically saying, um, you know, like, slurs. That's all it is. It's, like, saying homophobic slurs, saying racist slurs, um, and then just, like, having a crowd of people laugh at it because they're probably sexist, homophobic, racist, and all those all those things. And they find that, they find dehumanizing people like that funny. And, and, ha- and that has a whole lot of currency with that. Totally. It just, it's, it's like, you know, when... Um, during in primary school and then or in high school and then there's that like cool person or whatever and then like he's the centre of the attention the centre of the class or or um, in the playground or at the basketball or whatever and he's just controlling the conversation and he's just like making fun of everyone who isn't quote unquote perfect so he's making fun of the I don't know the short dude or the person that's overweight or the the woman or the person that to him looks funny and it's absolutely tasteless. It's it's it takes no sense, no creativity. It takes no, um, no ability to. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> but it's just it's messy. Anyway, it's messy, and um, it needs to stop. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yes. So, um, and now the piece de resistance by um, Amy Schumer, who's famous for calling out sexism and trying to make space for women in comedy. Well, unless they're white women. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and here's a sketch of her um, making a mockery of um, her black friend. Her one black friend. Yeah, one. one black friend. <laughs> I love joking about race. It's like my favorite. I was talking about this the other day. I was hanging out with literally all my black friend. And... And, uh... And I remember I was, I was like, Tamembe or whatever. Uh, t- tapestry. It's something wild, you know? And what was she saying? She, she was like, girl. Like, I won't do some racist impression, so don't worry. But she was like, girl. I mean, we were like mid-double Dutch, and uh, and I'm just like, stop yelling! We're not at the movies. Uh, yeah. See, like the thing about Amy Schumer that really, really, like I don't get. Yeah. Is like she talks about sexism and what she experiences as a woman in, in comedy, and 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 everything like that, and she's making fun of black women. Wait, 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 Ahmed, you've got to stop there. Like, you gotta stop that. Uh, you do realize that some people are narcissistic, and they only see from their own world. So she cares about sexism, aka white women experience, uh, experience in the world, because she is that. 
So, like, it's not actually a shock to me because this happens all the time. You, you, you see gay white men who, like, essentially shit on people of colour who think nothing of racism but um, will will so eloquently articulate their experiences of um, of living in a world that's um, that's you know um, heteronormative. Yeah, heteronormative. Yeah. But will then dismiss all um, other experiences. Exactly. Yeah. So this is a very this is this is actually very normal. Um, it is normal, but like I just still I feel like I just feel like you experience trauma, you experience oppression. Yeah. Understand the oppression that other people face as well. Yeah. And she loves joking about racism yeah. and, and and shitting on, on people of colour. Yeah. She does that all the time. That's yeah. that's that's her shtick. That's that's what she does. And like I remember like um a few a few like a few weeks ago or maybe a month a bit, um, this 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 news reporter, this white dude was being incredibly sexist how he spoke about her on Twitter and then she called him out on it and that was cool. But like people call her on racism and she's like super defensive and like Oh, but like, oh, I'm not racist, and yeah, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. I have that one black friend. That I have that I one make fun of that one black friend that I'm making fun of their name and saying they're a tapestry, and then I'm saying like, oh, you know, obviously all black women and girls, you know, they do double dutch, oh, blah blah blah. Oh, and they're so loud as well, you know, like obviously, you know, especially at movies, why can't they shut up? And I'm like thinking to myself, what the. And she has another joke where she jokes about experiencing racism, yeah. and I'm just like, her. She 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 is in kind of like this group of the really kind of racist white comics, um, like Sarah Silverman who does the blackface, like her. Uh, like there, uh, and it's just I'm just wondering, how does like this this literally gets them currency? Louis C.K. is incredibly famous. Um, Amy Schumer has a new show on HBO and you know like they're just making fun of of black and brown people and, and moving up the ladder and it's just like this has become a kind of uh, a new thing like, not necessarily new but like even though there's all this like social justice things that happen even though like HBO have shows talking about race or, or anything like that or, or presenters that are talking about like racism and everything like that they have like you know even that's there they also have a segment and a spot for someone who's going to be racist you know what i mean it's just like it's like oh, it doesn't make sense yeah no it it, it doesn't I, and i also i always feel like people like her or anyone who only looks at their forms of oppression only and don't consider other forms of oppression i feel like that's just another way of exacting dominance Yes, but also wanting, not really wanting to quote unquote dismantle um, system. a system, yeah. but wanting in on the system, if that makes sense. Wanting to be part of the system, right? Because part of her is excluded because she's a woman, right? So she'll articulate and, you know, call out or, you know, really talk about being a woman and what that means in the world. But I feel like um, wanting to. to dismantle that would re- would require her to think about people outside of her own reality like um so and, but, but that's for a lot of people i mean it ha- it just happens all the time and i just feel like 
if I am talking about anti-racism or anti-blackness, you know, as a black person, um, and and then I and then I consciously like, um, for lack of better words, shit on other groups that don't that I don't in line with in, with regards to experience. Then how much of that? How much of that? How much of my own impressions do I really do I really want to dismantle? If that makes sense, mm. I don't know if that makes. But no, and also like it's the thing about like the empathy, right? Can you actually yeah. feel a sense of empathy for another person? Can you actually envisage how they might feel? And and clearly, there's so often cases where like people just can see themselves and can't necessarily see like the experience that someone else might face. And why? Because it doesn't doesn't include them, and it doesn't. And, and that alone is, like you said, it's so narcissistic. It's so self-absorbed. It is just like, how are you better than um, the oppression that you face from the people that are oppressing you if you are continuing that line of oppression? And I, I guess that's kind of like a moot point we're, we're hitting right now. Uh, that's, our, that's our show for this week. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, don't forget, you can you know, you find us a number of places. iTunes, Acast websites called racecardpodcast.com twitter we've got a new twitter handle I've, I've kind of played around with it it's called racecardpod um at racecardpod you can find us on twitter we've got a tumblr ooh tumblr hey everyone loves tumblr don't they we've got a tumblr it's called racecardpodcast.tumblr.com find us on tumblr see what we've reblogged see our posts we are cool we're, we're you know with the, the, the cool kids on the blogs hey cool kids on the blogs Follow us there. Uh, and uh, yeah, um, I'm Ahmed Yusuf. You can follow me as well at Ahmed Yusuf10. And how can we find you on the interwebs, my friend? <laughs> on Twitter at Muggin um, Muggin9. Nice. The, the number nine, not the number nine. Yeah. Also, the number 10, because I'm the number 10. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a football analogy saying, like, I'm the creative, kind of like, you know, the creative force in this team. Uh, and the number nine is obviously the striker. You score the goals. I put them on the plate. I put I put them on the plate. You 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 take care of it. All right, <laughs> all right. Uh, you've been listening to Race Card. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, uh, this is goodbye from me. Bye bye. <laughs> uh, like, hope you enjoyed it. See ya. Bye. Why couldn't I mean to make it today? Because you know, you know, this show is not going to be as good because that means I'm here and you've replaced me. <laughs> like, FYI, I'm just <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, all right. Let's start. Okay. By the way, um, do you know when you just said why didn't I mean to just make? Why couldn't I mean to make it? You know, this is not going to be as good. Yeah. That's going to go at the end as a blooper. <laughs> but just, just, just by the way, full disclosure. Full disclosure, man. I'm just being. Me? I'm being real with you right now. I'm being real. <laughs> this is. Hey, mics are on. <laughs> Beware what you say, my friend. Beware. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.